0: New research reveals one in four employees plans to leave their organization once the pandemic is over. In a demanding business environment where fear, frustration, burnout, and isolation are at all time highs, building a culture that engages, inspires, and retains talent has never been more important. I am Sharon Paul, the Chief People Officer of Kent. And on today's episode of Spark Generation, I am thrilled to talk about a topic that I am most passionate: developing, engaging, and retaining talent. Which is why I'm so excited to introduce our special guest today, Dr. Beverly Kay. Bev is a best-selling co-author of a book entitled "Love 'Em or Lose 'Em: Getting Good People to Stay." Her name is recognized internationally as a professional dedicated to helping individuals, managers, and organizations understand the practical how-to principles of employee development, engagement, and retention. Bev received her doctorate from UCLA and founded Bev K & Company, an organization dedicated to offering managers and employees practical learning solutions and consulting that enables organizations focus on their talent. Her books and learning materials have stood the test of time, so join me on this journey to discover more. This is is Spark Generation. So good morning to you, Bev. I'm honored to welcome you as my guest today. Well, thank you. It is a pleasure to be here. Yes. And I want to just tell our audience how we first met. And it actually dates back to almost a year ago, last May. I received an invitation from your organization on a webcast and it was entitled The Engagement Imperative, How to Inspire, Motivate and Keep Top Talent. And that title grabbed me. Um, I was probably one of the first ones to sign up. And ever since then, I have bought your book and I've carried your book with me all over the world. I think I've told you that it's been to Costa Rica, Aberdeen, London, Abu Dhabi, just to name a few. And I'm a light traveler, so that says a lot. So for the benefit of our listeners, I'd love for them to learn a little bit more about you. Why don't you tell us about yourself?
1: So I am um, born and bred in New Jersey. And although I live now in sunny California, I am a Jersey girl at heart. That means I talk fast, I think fast. And um, some of my vocabulary sounds weird but you can never take the Jersey out of the girl. And, um, you know, I have always been interested, I think in how people choose what they want to do and career wise, I actually started, I have my masters in college administration and I started as a college Dean. And I worked in schools I never could have gotten into, really good schools on both coasts. And what I found is that the students that went to those schools felt, if I'm an A student and I go to an A college, would be an A line I stand in and I will get the career of my dreams. Well, even then, and that's decades ago, those A students did not all stand in that A line and get what they wanted. And many of them did not have other choices. They did not have backups. And and I think I tucked that away in my mind. And later, when I had the chance to go for my doctorate, I knew that it was the world of career and the world of career in organizations that most grabbed me so um you know coming from a college administrative background it's not where i thought i'd go and so let me say to anybody who is l- listening to this is you never know and and you know sharon sometimes when i'm live and have an audience i can See, I, I say, raise your hand if you went to school for exactly what you're doing now. And very few hands go up. So we need to be open minded and opportunity minded, absolutely all the time.
0: That's fantastic. First of all, um, when we first met, you told me you're from New Jersey. And I said, I'm from Philadelphia. So we already have something in common. <laughs> And I might be one of the few listeners that um, I actually went to college not knowing what I'd major in. But as soon as I took some courses in human resources and uh, you know, dealing with people, I knew this is the career for me, which attracted me to, to, to read your book and really get to know you. So it's a fascinating journey you've been on in your career. Um, what did you do before you became an author? I mean, were you always in college administration or did you do consulting? Well, I was in college
1: administration, and um, one day um, across my desk, I was at Pomona College in Claremont, California at the time, came an announcement um, offering a change management fellowship, totally free, to go back to school for your doctorate. And at the bottom of it, in big letters, it said, please post. And I said, I am not going to post this one applied went back to school for my doctorate and chose career development as my specialty you know but what it takes to be an author you better know what you're talking about so my first book was really based on research you know it was titled up is not the only way and it was a systems look at the world of career development. So it was research based, not as much practical based. Then when I went out in the world and started consulting, I got a whole second level of education because I realized it doesn't always work smoothly. Not everybody wants to do a systemic intervention. What companies were saying is, can you just train our managers or can you just train our employees? So it moved me into the world of learning and training. And um, I found it was a world that I loved and could write about. And this time I could write from having been there, done that, watched people react.
0: And that's, that helped. That's a great story. That's a great backstory. Um, as it relates to this book in particular, because I know this is not your first book, but what was the inspiration behind this particular book, Love Them or Lose Them? So
1: it was very specific. We wrote the very first uh, edition of Love Them 20 years ago. It was published. So the book has been out for 20 years. It's hit Three different generations. And uh, it was just in its sixth edition out this past March. But what it was that made us, gave us the idea, is 20 years ago, McKinsey published a book called The War for Talent. And that was, (laughs) and and the war is still going on, even more so now. Yes. What that book said and everybody reacted to is people don't leave organizations. They do leave managers. And and everybody, just like you are nodding your head right now, Sharon, everybody nodded their head and said, yeah, when I think about it, that's right. But nobody was saying to the manager, here's what to do. So we were pointing the finger but not telling them the how-to. So my co-author and I said, that's what we've got to do, is write a how-to book on how to engage and retain your talent. And Love em is written with the idea that managers are so busy that they don't have time to have those conversations. And, and I totally understand that. So we wanted it to be a how-to book. And we literally wrote it twice. And we were bored silly uh, by looking at it. And then we got the idea of organizing it around the alphabet. So we literally sat in a hotel room. We pasted the alphabet around the walls around us. And we literally said, what could be the A, what could be the B, based on our data. And the data was surveying uh, managers and leaders around the world and asking them not, why did you leave, but why did you stay? And that unique turnaround of the question gave us a ton of data. We also took exit interviews and followed um, the person to their next company with the exit interview in our hand. And, and we said, um, is the real reason in this exit interview or was there something else you didn't write? They all said, yes, yes, yes. And that's how the J chapter in the book was born. J stands for jerk, don't be one. And every single employee um, said the real reason was my boss. He or she was a jerk and I couldn't stand it anymore. You know, I remember presenting that in Greece um, way before COVID and they gave me 18 words that stood for jerk in Greek. (laughs) So... Whatever name you call it, we all know that a jerk manager will lose people.
0: You know, that brings me to the topic. Um, When you created the title of your book, I found it interesting to see the word love, love them or lose them. And it's pretty unusual to find reference to to the word love in the business setting. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about why you chose that word in your title
1: you are so right. And boy, did we fight for it 20 years ago. Now I don't think I'd have to fight for it. But our publisher said, now what manly man is going to walk into a bookstore and buy a a book about business and with the word love in the cover? And we said, we dare you to name a better word, a more all-encompassing word. Because love means, you know, I see you, I know you, I care about you, I want you to be happy. All, all those, it, it's we've got a ton of definitions of love, but no one word that held it all. So we stuck by our guns and said it had to be love. And now I see love used all over in the workplace. And, and when an organization is uncomfortable with it, I tell them, replace it, you know, replace it with whatever word you want or call it engaging and retaining great people. And, you know, the other thing about the title, um, the word lose, lose means I, um, I can lose them to my unit but not to my company. Now we're in the age of internal development, internal mobility, and I might lose you to my department. Boy, I don't want to lose your talent to this company. And and the other point I'd like to make is the word good. Often when I'm called into an organization, uh, they ask me to work with high potentials. And I think we're making a mistake because there's so much buried treasure out there that the love of message has to go to any manager, any leader on the production line or in the top floor of the biggest corporate office building in the world, whatever. And and it is um, everybody has something to contribute. So I that message and that's love,
0: right? And that's right. a great segue to my next question. Um, you mentioned the topic um, twenty years ago. The manly, manly men may not do well with the word love, um, but really, we're in a new world now of diversity, and inclusion. Um, and how does your book support being in a more diverse and inclusive, um, inclusive world? And so I am glad you asked that.
1: Because when our publisher said, can you show the connect between inclusion slash belonging and engagement? And we said, "We, we already did. It's in the D chapter. The D chapter is dignity, show respect. And he said, I don't think so. Yes, it's in that chapter. I think inclusion and belonging is built into every single chapter. And when we looked at it, we realized, oh my gosh, it was. You know, it's built into career, the C. That, you know, if if they don't feel they belong, they're not going to grow their career in your organization, etc. So in the the work we do, we say to people, Which of these 26 letters, employees, do you most want from your leader
0: to make you feel included? I love that. In fact, that that is like magic. It is magical. And I can't wait to do it um, at our organization at Kent. Um, But for our listeners' benefit, because many of them may not have seen the book or read your book yet, there's 26 chapters. And you've organized this like the alphabet, A through Z. And I just loved how simple um, the read was, um, just how easy it was to say, this is a challenge I have with a particular uh, employee in my organization. I can go right to where I want to go in your book and get exactly what I need when I need it. Um, but maybe you could talk to the inspiration behind um, how, how and why you laid it out that way, because these are truly 26 strategies for engaging and retaining uh, in talent. So how did you come to say, oh, let's do it, you know, how how did you come to lay it out the way you did? And you know, it's great. another great
1: question. We had to lay it out because we were developing a learning program, a training program, and no one is gonna sit through 26 little lecturettes. So we studied all those 26 letters and with more research we broke them down into what we call clusters you know or groups and we found that there really were three groupings that emerged one is people will stay if leaders grow them develop them and six or seven of the chapters or the practices fell into development and growth. Then we found that we felt talent-focused leaders also absolutely build relationships with every single one on the team and encourage the team to build relationships with one another. So when we put on our relationship spectacles and looked at the alphabet, We found six or seven letters that fit under relationships. And then we still didn't have them all. And we found the next six or seven fit under culture. And, you know, culture is a big word now. And, you know, many of us, I love the Peter Drucker quote that culture eats strategy for lunch. And indeed it does. So we found six or seven that fit under culture. So when we train this, or even when I give a talk on it, I I talk about the clusters, the groupings, and I get people to interact with me about which ones jump out for them. Because one shoe size does not fit all, you know, that we know and different strokes for different folks. But what we also found is that there were four letters of the alphabet that didn't fit into any of those three. Um, one was the A for ask every single chapter, every single practice demands that a manager ask a question. And I'm in love with questions. I think a good question where you wait for the answer and you delve deeper on that answer instead of going to question number two is a delicious way for your employee to feel heard. So ask, ask, ask. And in the ask chapter, we talk about stay interviews. Because when do managers ask, what can I do to keep you? It's at the exit interview. And we said, ask it sooner. So that was so popular that we wrote a whole book on the stay interview. I love that. So, um, the other letter that didn't fit anywhere, but fit everywhere was the B for buck. And that is the buck stops with you manager, not a hundred percent but a big percentage of things that you can do. And like in the stay interview, if you try it and you say, what can I do to keep you? And the answer is money or that other job. And you say, gosh, why did I ever start this? Now I'm going to have to disappoint the person. Managers ask what else and tell the truth and say, I can't deliver on that. But what else matters? So the B is for buck, the N is for numbers. If you doubt that this should be on your radar screen, manager, look at how much it costs to replace talent and and look at the, um, the hamster wheel, if you will, that people are on when talent goes and they have to make up for that lost talent. And then the last was the Z, and Z stands for Zenith. We had a very hard time coming up with a Z until we met with a client who said that they held Zenith meetings in their company. We said, ooh, a Z word. You know, what is that? <laughs> and he said, it's when we have a problem that no one can solve on their own. We call a Zenith meeting and everybody brainstorms." And we call them often. And we said, that's what our Z is going to be. So those four are success drivers, the A, the B, the N, and
0: the Z. And they reinforce all the others. That's fantastic. So of the all the 20 years now that you've been talking about the contents of your book and sharing your strategies with employers, uh, which one seemed to resonate the most with your clients Um, which ones stand out other than the ones that you just mentioned is there any ones that you really come to mind to say that one's my favorite or this is the one we get to talking about the most in organizations that seems to get a lot of traction
1: well you know it's interesting i just got off a global phone call where i was showing clusters and i asked this global audience of sales leaders Um, which jumped out at them. And the one most people resonated with, I'll tell you the ones, one was career, one was enrich. And interesting, I I don't think I know that uh, people join organizations for their career and they leave organizations if they can't find their career dreams goals met in the organization and you know um a career for me is big because my other two of my other books are up is not the only way and it is not the only way and help them grow or watch them go so it really fit and the other one they mentioned Uh, was Enrich. And I love that this group of sales leaders said Enrich, probably because, you know, in sales, sales management maybe is the other step. But they said, how do we grow people if we don't want them to leave selling, which is what we need? And Sharon, interestingly enough, the other one was the W, Uh, which is the wellness chapter. Well, and this was a group of sales leaders, and they said that they were hearing burnout, burnout, burnout. And well-being is now a big thing across the
0: board in in organizations. Absolutely. Especially in light of um, COVID and the pandemic and just such a, a challenging year. Everyone has had to endure I, I, totally have heard the same thing. Right. So what, what's and your the tell- wisdom around that under wellness? Know, you know,
1: it's, um, asking the question, how are you doing? You know, how are you really doing and what could I do to make it easier for you if you're remote or if you've come back and, and, if the person names something that you cannot do anything about say i hear you i'm going to think more about that what else would make your work life a little bit easier and make you not feel so burned out at the end of the day other than a glass of wine
0: (laughs) (laughs) yes and i have to say having read the book multiple times i love the simplicity um leaving hr and training and development programs and management development programs now for the better part of 25 years there's a lot of models out there there's a lot of you know fancy terminology and i just love the simplicity of your messages i love the simplicity of your strategies and i just think anyone at any level of management whether they be new to the role or a seasoned executive can pick up your book and say right. oh, that is that's speaking to me today. Right. It's something I can do that I know how to do that I haven't done in a while. And I, I just think um, the simplicity of it is 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 remarkable, and, and that's what I, I really like.
1: And and you know Sharon in HR we use words that we throw out, and people. Well, that's a nice word. I know the word, but how do I implement that word? Like someone said to me the other day, if managers were only more compassionate, that's what they need is compassion and they need empathy. Well, those are great words. But what does empathy look like when it comes out of your mouth or out of your facial expression? Um, Because, you know, the fact that many are remote now doesn't mean we can't see somebody and see their faces. You know, I'm married to a very technical guy, uh, a a rocket scientist from MIT. And sometimes I'll say to him, stop yelling at me. And he'll say, I'm not yelling. And I'll say, your face is yelling. (laughs) (laughs) And he will, don't look at my face. (laughs) But, you know, we look at everything. And we pick up messages and your employees look at you and you need to look at them and say, you know, somehow you don't look happy. And if it's not comfortable, say it in a straighter way. What's going on? You know, but ask. Ask. And and if you don't understand their
0: answer, ask another
1: question. So.
0: You know I think that's really great um, food for thought as we we're still dealing with Covid. And I look at within our own organization, we've just gone through a large transaction. and you know employees are change fatigued. Um, you know there's so many mergers and acquisitions and restructuring of of many, you know many companies over the past decade. And I think people just are weary. And I think sometimes um, the simple acts of kindness of a manager, just to care about an employee and their well-being, their their state of mind, their level of engagement, just showing genuine respect and just checking in with people. It's just the simplest acts of kindness, but yet sometimes we overcomplicate being a leader and a manager of having to do certain things that HR says in certain ways on certain forms. And I think, you know, the focus that we're trying to implement at Kent right now is Let's just get back to basics and treating people like people and less about the process and the forms and the automation right. and everything being digital. Let's just get back to having face time conversations with our people and less about calling it something and making it a, a sanctioned process in our organization. Um, continuous discussions and just check in meetings and having those kind of conversations just to see how someone's doing. It really is so simple, but yet so many of us get so busy that we forget about, you know, just how to be kind and right check in right. with people. I and you, we have to think, well, what would I want
1: for my own manager? What question do I wish he or she would ask me? And two things I'll say to what you just said, I was doing some work in healthcare and uh, healthcare is suffering now. Um, and Nurses, they said, were suffering from compassion fatigue, and I had never heard that word before, and I thought, oh my heavens, they are burned out. How would you like your son or daughter or husband or wife to be treated by a nurse with compassion fatigue? Oh my gosh. And then the other thing that I'm going to make available to anyone who who listens to this and will figure out how, Sharon, uh, is an article um, with 26 ways to connect with your remote employees. 26 little conversations that you can start. And any one of them will work. So... um, I love your advice, and um, you're hired.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll take you up on the 26 questions. Um, we are definitely interested in in anything like that at Kent right now because it, the focus is really on connection and conversation and, and really building that trust and the relationships really is the foundation for a great company culture. So I really think these are great strategies for us to, to to read and review and you know the last question i had for you bev is this is obviously written for for managers um but not everyone's a manager and that they might get something significant from this book what are your thoughts about that did you write it for just managers or everyone so that's a great
1: question so um when the first book 20 years ago came out and it was such a big hit we said gee if so many managers are buying this What if we wrote it to employees? We get 10 times this. So we wrote, Love It, Don't Leave It, 26 Ways to Get What You Want at Work.
0: Oh, okay. I didn't even know about that book.
1: Yes. And it did not sell as big as Love Them, but it sold the first year 100,000 copies. And I think if we wrote it out again now, I think more organizations would give it to their employees because then I think organizations were worried that employees would ask for more and managers had so much to deal with already. Let's not train employees to ask. Well, we better because we can't read their minds. So love it, don't leave it is still out there. And I'll tell you later, Sharon, about the 10 videos I made on that book from the employee perspective, because it is a 50-50. If you're not feeling engaged, don't sit there and wait. Tell your manager what you want, what you need. So it is the same 26 letters
0: applied to the individual. That's fantastic. That's great. It really is. And Bev, um, I see that we're running out of time here, and I I could probably talk to you all day. Um, There's nothing that excites me more than helping enrich people's lives um, professionally and personally. So this is so relevant for our organization today, and I'm looking forward to working with you and your team as we roll some of these principles and strategies out within our organization. Um, And I'd like just to say, if anyone would like to buy your book, where can they find it? Well, they can find it on Amazon
1: piece okay. of cake. They can find a link to it on my website, uh, uh, Bev um, or, or Bev
0: K and company. And, uh, it's out there. Fantastic. And, and for those, um, managers at Kent, um, that are interested, we will, we will be providing, uh, a digital copy of, of Beth's book. As we roll her programs and her ideas out through our new organization, so you can talk to uh, Melody Shivani about that, and we'll make sure you get set up with a copy. Right, and Sharon, one one more thing, I'll I'll say, and don't tell my
1: publisher I said this, but um, any manager out there, show the table of contents to your employee, and say which two individually, which two of these chapters,
0: do you want me to read? (laughs) To be a better leader for you. I love that idea and game on, I will take that challenge. I think that's a fantastic challenge and I think it's a great suggestion. So thank you for that. And thank you also for giving us your time today. I really look forward to working together and um, we're in great hands having you as our partner as we build out our new culture that's focused on people and building a tremendous amount of energy within our organization to do great work. So thank you, Bev, it's been a real pleasure. We'll talk to you soon. You are very welcome. Take care. Here at Kent, we want people that want to make a difference, but equally, we want to make a difference for them. A 2021 Gallup poll told us globally that only 20% of employees are engaged at work, Engagement meaning the involvement and enthusiasm of employees in their work and workplace. As leaders, we've got to ask ourselves, do the people in our teams want to be here? And if not, why not? And what can we do about it? We want to ensure Kent is a workplace everyone wants to be. So throughout 2022 and beyond, we will be applying Bev's teachings and principles to help our people and managers understand the practical principles of employee development, engagement, and retention. If you've enjoyed this episode of Spark Generation, please hit subscribe. Until next time, stand in your own inner light and make it shine, helping others find their way.